Welcome back to Spooky Spooky Triloween. Thank you very much for listening. Um, like many of the movies that we've covered this month, Event Horizon features some depictions of self-harm and suicide. Those things might not be appropriate for all listeners, so just keep that in mind while uh, you listen. We're not going to go into it way too deeply in this episode, but the movie features it and we do mention it. Thanks. Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. I remember playing Bubble Trouble on miniclip.com. How was that? It's a great game. Mini, I remember that name, Miniclip. Mini, it was like a site where like you would flash play flash game. games, yeah. Yeah. I played, what other flash was it game? like Godfinger or something? I think they had a version of Line Rider there. Line Rider was dope. Mm. Line Rider was like a top five that's, flash game. That's yes. still, Easily. if you want like a... That and a, the table tennis. If you want a cross-section cross of my life at, I don't know, 12, 13, yeah. go to any of those flash sites. Uh, there was Hell the original... The original line rider where there was no, like, you just had to restart if you fucked up. So it was like, you'd make something cool and it'd be the most amazing shit in the world. Then they released the line rider with, like, the erase and, like, edit functions. And it's like, and it's I, not I, the I'm same. sure that if you go to it now, it's like, I don't even know if there must be a browser-based one. There must be, like, there a, probably is, yeah. an app-based one, too. But I'm sure that, it, like, I, last when I left it off, it was like you could make Zoom platforms and you can make reverse platforms. And you can yeah. make slow and ice and freeze and slip and all this. It was nonsense. No. Yeah. Yeah, not not my line writer. Yep, we're fans of the original line writer. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, are y'all actually ready to talk about this movie? Uh, Is anybody ever ready to talk about Event Horizon? Yeah. Oh, you spoiled it. I did I? Are we, are we recording refer- right now? I was referring to it. Well, I mean, we're I recording. Know, so this we're is probably going to get cut. I would I would cut this. I feel like I am uh, somewhat sedated right now. I feel like I need. You are. Ever since we got in the car, you were just. I'm just like speaking at like 30% of my Maybe I have, I'm just so loud usually. Could be. I no. I currently have a little bit of uh <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Stop. <laughs> You're right, but that was, that was really funny. Now you are owned. Okay. <clears throat> I'm in the fucking zone. Let's talk about this movie. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love, a literal roundtable podcast where we talk about movies that we saw at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Jason Daphnis. I'm Cody Narvison. I'm Aaron Grossman. And we have a social media to plug. I was, about to, I was oh, about to say, you, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Trilove Podcasts. Uh, we are Trilove on most podcast platforms, including Spotify. Uh, and Sorry. my, do you want to go through individual Twitter handles or? No, fuck okay. it. I was just, you usually do the, the Twitter for the podcast before the names. And I was like, I want to make sure we're get, we need the engagement. Sorry, I'm a little rusty. It's been like, what, three or four weeks since we last recorded an episode? We had a bunch of time back the curtain. Huh? It's been a wow. while. Yeah. The curtain is just gone. Oz is oh, parting his own there was, kimono. There was so much infighting between us behind the scenes about the future of the podcast, how we're doing. You'll notice it, there's it, a it, voice missing and there's a great reason we for We killed that. Harry. Yep. He's dead gone no he's fine he's uh what is he, he oh should we talk somewhere. about yeah should yeah. we i don't know would he hate if we shouted out yes, what he's let's up do to it. He, yeah absolutely. he held he was one of the people designing a uh like a tabletop board game um about decorating a house with a partner and it's the coolest thing i've heard of in a long time that any totally. of my friends have done and he didn't sell anybody but he didn't tell me about this nope, until we didn't hear from harry or i uh, heard about it guest on the pod I, uh yeah. charlie charlie mac and yeah. uh, sister charlie mac and they're actually up to they're they're in their social media stuff just is popping they off are, right now, They are kicking say. it. Like, know, they're, they're already 35 they're followers. They're in Santa Monica. At, almost as good of a ratio as us. Maybe better. Ouch. Uh, they are at IndieCade, uh, a, an exhibition uh, honoring and recognizing video or small uh, indie projects of games, uh, physical and digital, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they are up for, I forget what award they're up for, but they were nominated for an award there, and that's why they all... Uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, like they're nominated Charlie, for the Charlie, Harry, board game and their friends section. Through. Yeah. Yeah, so... Shout out to them, but he can't be here. He can't be here. Um, but uh, we're here, so... Yeah. I, I shudder to think what he would want to say about this movie anyway. 
Yeah. We could have kept it like in theme with the uh, the pod. Maybe like Harry was taken away on the event horizon. We don't know where he is. I tried, but then Harry, Harry killed it when That's he was okay. like, should, we mention, should we mention yeah. his board game? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Event Horizon. Um, should I do the face I do the, the mic? Pitch? You can't. You can't should do I, this. You got to do this. I can do this, and I will do you it. You can't do this. You can move the arm. All right, we're going to talk about Event Horizon. Here's the deal. This is a 1997 movie that feels like it's out of 1982. Same year. Right? Same, yeah. year same year as Cure. Same year as Cure. Uh, and Boogie Nights. Our previous episode. Which Cure. is, if you want to make the joke about the Anderson, the director is uh, Paul W. S. Whoa. Anderson. So if you want to make. The other Anderson director joke, you mentioned Boogie Nights. Well, nice of you to give me permission to make the joke instead of just making the joke. <laughs> it's not a funny joke. So it's, well, but, um, is it below your grade? It's like the highest rated yeah. review on Letterboxd for this is movie. Is that it? It's like, yeah, I can't believe okay. this and Boogie Nights came out the same year. This guy has so much flexibility. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good so joke. Range. Um, so this is a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, I guess I'd call it a, a cult classic sci-fi horror film. Um, the movie tells the story of the crew uh, of the spaceship Lewis and Clark as they investigate a distress signal uh, from a ship known as the Event Horizon, um, which disappeared suddenly seven years ago, uh, seven years in the past. This movie takes place... In like um, 2042 or 2070-something? What is it? 2080, right? 2047? They give you a timeline at the beginning of the movie where, um, you know, the humanity established a base on Mars or a base on the moon and then Mars and then they start exploring... Um, and the Event Horizon was a ship that was, it disappeared kind of off the uh, planet Neptune. Um, and so joining this crew that's going out to investigate this distress signal is uh, Dr. William Weir, uh, who designed the Event Horizon. Um, he tells the crew of the ship that the the Event Horizon was secretly kind of a way to research, uh, research potential faster than light travel. Uh, it has a gravity drive on it that looks really fancy and allows the ship to um, essentially, transport over great distances uh, to fold space time. Yes, it 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 kind of there's a there's a kind of famous scene where he basically connects two ends of a piece of paper by bending the piece of paper, saying this is what we are doing to kind of space and time when we are traveling uh, through the event horizon. So they board the event horizon and kind of things spiral out from there. Um, this is a this is a kind of mostly a horror movie with some weird. Uh, kind of Hellraiser-ish kind you of You say mostly horror, horror movie? Why do you not just say it's a horror movie? Well, because it's also a sci-fi movie, right? But it's not... I mean, so we're probably going to gonna talk a little bit about comparisons to various other movies sure. that, that this is similar to. If I can start off just with a kind of a general discussion point, um, just critically, uh, looking on Rotten Tomatoes, this is currently at a 27%. Metacritic sitting at about a 35%. Um, that sounds right. How do we? That sounds right. Okay. How do we? How do we feel about that? Um, I think that it is like we'll get into this, but through no fault of its own, uh, through no fault of the people making it, it like isn't actually a bad movie. I think it's not very good. Uh, so if it's remembered as a bad movie, that's fine by me. Um, I wish people focused on different things rather than comparing it to Alien. Because a lot of people seem to do that, and contemporaneously, a lot of reviews at the time were like, "It's no Alien, but," and it's like, "Are you really comparing this movie that came out exactly twenty years, eighteen years later, to Alien, the like one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time?" Years, well, Alien was like eighty, is seventy nine, 79 years. Then. Really? Okay, not even. Something that sounds right. Yeah, eighteen years, ninety-seven. Math. Yeah, uh, Cody, what, what do you do? You think this is? How are you on it? I, I also think this movie is just straight bad. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> well, uh, you know, like, we'll certainly get into it. Um, hopefully the um, the idea of, uh, or not the idea, the fact that so much had to be cut out from this movie. I think this was being pulled at various points in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, based on what... Mr. Uh, the Paul Anderson, uh, you know, what he wanted to do, what the studio wanted from him. He originally wanted to make a more gory picture, um, a longer picture, which, like, weirdly enough, ironically, I thought this movie dragged on a lot for being, like, a 95-minute movie. It's pretty tight, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's that's pretty fair. I was suspect of that as well, just, like, things being misunderstood at the time. And I think alien comparisons maybe made sense just because you know, at that time, the legacy of that movie probably wasn't really well-rounded or, or really mm. well-known yet. Um, whereas looking back now, we, we can see, like, superficially, I could see that those comparisons being made um, and, like, those landing. But You make a good that, point. You make a good point about how this movie must have been pre- or, uh, 
How must have been perceived in context of like other sci-fi horror films? Because obviously Alien was and is a high mark, um, but just the rate at which information moved and the like availability of reviews and just the information age hadn't really quite set in yet. Whereas now, like I can look back at two thousand one was the first Spider-Man was two thousand one or was it two thousand three? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. I believe. I can look back seventeen, eighteen years and say that was a like a a really good time in cinema. That was great. But like. I bet thinking people, about people I bet in people 1997 could do that for Alien. You I bet, so? Yeah, I think Alien was probably. I don't know. Yeah, look, I was uh, not to do it myself. I was like four at this time, right? Yeah. So when uh, Ali- when Alien came out, no, I was negative. No, <laughs> that was a negative number. At that oh, point. okay. Um, You've been masquerading as a 26 year old when you're I'm actually, actually 45. like 56. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like a weird, creepy dude just hanging out with a bunch of 20 somethings. I mean, you uh, are that anyway. That was just fact. Well, I am a creepy dude. Different reasons. Um, yeah, I think I'm maybe a little more positive on you it. Gave it not, you gave it a three on Letterboxd. Give it a three. That's not that's not bad, right? Shout that's out like to, a, to Aaron. Follow him on Letterboxd. Jason, too. Mm-hmm. Follow, all, follow Cody. Why, why don't you just, do that. Follow us on Letterboxd is the easier yeah. to say. Uh, and why did you like it? Because some of the concerns I had, I, I elucidated, but tell me why you why you liked it more than us. Um, I think this movie's kind of right up my alley in terms of what it's doing. Um, you know, I'm not actually a big horror movie guy. This movie's not scary, though. Um it's got some like fair jump scares. I mean, Does they're it? all pretty cheap, but like when um, Sam Neill's wife kind of hops into frame, and it's like, "Oh, she's here! Oh, she has no eyes!" I w- jumped and I, I was scared. scared. Okay, uh, I cannot... like I don't know. Like we watched the the trailer for this in front of movies at uh, at the Trilon, and so I sort of knew those were coming. So maybe if it were marketed differently, sure, right. A lot of it, I think, is is the viewing experience. I mean, I was watching it. We, we haven't, you know, I was watching it on a good sized TV. Uh, sound was fine, but I bet I did not see this one at the Trilon. So, I would bet that in a movie theater, maybe some of that works a little better. Where I was watching this at like two p.m. You would on watch a it Sunday, just before we, yeah, yeah, like a slightly hungover. Like, yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I found it um, the kind of trapped in space, weird spaceship haunted house, sci-fi horror angle uh, is something I find pretty cool. I like a lot of the kind of over-the-top B-movie gore. Uh, I find it pretty interesting. Um, to be honest, if, there, if there's there's one thing I, I that struck me the most about this movie from a negative standpoint, other than maybe some of the cheesiness and, and bad special effects, um, I think that this movie is, is, is pitching you something really cool and doesn't really deliver, and that um, a lot of the... Uh, killing and like deaths in this movie are very mundane in a way that you wouldn't expect. Um, so just I don't know from a plot standpoint, they get on board the Event Horizon. They learn that uh, you know over the course of the movie, they learn that when you know they win the ship, you know distorted reality in order to travel great distances. It like must have slipped into some alternate dimension. It's kind of referenced that it's probably hell or something similar to hell. Uh, that there is like some sort of malevolent uh, entity on board the ship that is, like, possessing the ship that is killing off people. Um, and and there's a, the most famous scene from the movie where they get a copy of, like, the captain's log, um, and they view, like, what actually happened to the crew of the ship. And it's, you know, people gouging their own eyes out and doing all sorts of weird, violent, sexual shit. Um, and that, I think that's pretty cool. That That is pretty rad. Uh, but everybody in the main cast of this movie dies by, like, falling down a hole or, like, getting shot out into space. Uh, not, I mean, there's not one, there's one cool death and it's somebody having their entire chest ripped open and their organs spilling out. But Shout other than out that, to Jason all, Isaacs. All boring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Jason Isaacs later. Um, good. Uh, what do you think then just like more, more violence being more like lingering on some of its nonsense violence would have made it like better for you? Not to judge you for that opinion. No, I'm trying I mean, to get a no, handle I, on I what think you're it, thinking. I will uh, I will defend uh, appreciation for, like, you know, kind of grindhouse or, like, you know, schlocky gore anytime. I think that shit rules. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's um, you know, I had seen the, the just like a YouTube clip of the the scene from the movie years ago. Which and they like, call, I believe, the blood orgy or the gore yeah. orgy. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they are, like, they're really having sex stuff. and tearing each other apart. Yeah. Um, you know. I think that's cool. They could have had a little bit more of that actually happen to the like literally everybody on the main crew that goes to investigate this thing dies by by pretty normal. You know, one guy dies in an explosion. 
One guy gets shot out of, like, an airlock. I just want to see the bloody fucking... Yeah, I want to see somebody's skin peeled back. I want to see... You know what I mean? Like, well, where is that shit? I, I will side with Aaron on this, and um, I was thinking about it, at, about why I wasn't really having a good time watching Event Horizon, and I was thinking about it. You know, I'm watching essentially a haunted house movie, and we're going through, and it was... Um, Actually, like a really good conversation sequence between Lawrence Fishburne's character and Jason Isaac's character. I was like, wow, we've had a lot of scenes like this. We've had more of these scenes than of like shit happening to them. Right. And that's a problem. Like, two thirds of this movie is people talking about what they've seen and reacting to it. And like, some of the stuff that they're talking about, we haven't even seen ourselves. They tell, they don't show. And way too much telling, not enough showing. There is a thing with horror films where like, I mean, uh, like, you try to suppress it if you can, but what you're there for is to see people punished, right? And, like, you, to your point, like, yeah, one guy just sort of, like, decays. One guy gets shot out in his space and then flies back in. Another guy gets exploded. There aren't, like, a whole lot of super satisfying ends to these, uh, yeah. you know, d- these violent delights. But uh, I think it, that's... Well, no, you finish. You I finish. think that's due in part, and we can t- segue into it. Uh, to the production of this movie, which Cody's looked into a little bit into, and so have I. But um, I want you to finish your thought first. Well, so I, you know, part of what I think is interesting about this movie is it is, it is the not the same setting, but it is doing a lot of the same stuff dramatically that you get from like a lot of like Lovecraftian uh, fiction, where yeah. there is this idea of this unknowable thing who's. Uh, discovery causes this massive loss of innocence that is more than just mental or like the 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 loss of mental innocence corresponds with some sort of physical problem right can people's I, eyes exploding yeah people's blood shooting out of their ears whatever you want can you i know? cut you off there yeah go uh, ahead. it that i get that vibe too but it never really follows through on that swing and it's uh, everything is kind of tying back to the production for me because a lot of this movie like Apparently, it was better structured in its original cut, uh, but yep. audiences wanted shorter, et cetera. They had very little time to actually edit it. Um, but it's it always hints at that, but never really like gives you – they never really open the door to this thing can tear dimensions. They're just like, it goes through space. What did it see? Where did it go? But then by the end of the movie, it's like, well, I'm going to overload you with the idea that the ship is now alive, that it's malevolent, and that it has seen the face of hell. Like, And that's why – all 78 minutes up to this point have gone the way they have. Yeah. It just, it feels a little cheap by it's, the end. It's a hard, I think it's a hard thing to do is, uh, especially in a visual medium, you know, mo- most of Lovecraft stuff, uh, once it like got down to it, there'd be about a page of just some fucking descriptive ass, like, and that had four arms coming out of the left side of its head and the right side of its head was ooze. You know, it's very descriptive. Lovecraft would do that a lot. Uh, but the interesting part of the end of Lovecraft stories were always the the effects that it had upon the narrator, and it usually was a first person mm-hmm. kind of you know recounting of a Let's story. Heap too much praise on H.P. Lovecraft, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's relevant. Sure, <laughs> right? But it it is it is clearly uh, influential upon this kind of a medium. It is a hard thing to do for uh, you know a, a movie because. The, it is this this tightrope that you need to walk between hinting at something that cannot be shown and showing shit that looks really cool and badass on the screen, right? And this movie w- keeps hinting at all the cool shit and then keeps showing uh, Lawrence Fishburne smack Sam Neill with a giant metal pipe because he's turned evil at the end, right? And it's like, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to fulfill the promise of the setup of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um you know, we've been talking about it, how this this movie is being pulled in a bunch of different directions and doesn't really seem to follow through on any one of those things. Um, and it's even down to, like, its subtitles. Like, this movie or this movie doesn't know, um, like, what to spoon-feed audiences and what to show people, what to not show people, what to not tell people. Um, th- <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at the beginning. Um because like the whole like we're reading you know five paragraph essays basically just saying we're in space. Um, one passage concludes with um, it's talking about like the event horizon getting sucked into you know wherever it goes and there's like and it was it, you know it vanished without a trace. There's this entire investment gone. It concludes with it is the worst space disaster on record. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, 
the uh, when we're introduced to the Lewis and Clark, um, again, just kind of starting from the beginning, uh, the on-screen text is vessel, Lewis and Clark, category, search and rescue, mission, top secret. Um, <laughs> to the audience, top secret. To the audience. And then, but then... Five minutes later, you get Lawrence Fishburne, the captain of this ship, right? He's, you know, he's the captain. Um, he uh, he has just a really quick line to um, to somebody. It may have been Samuel, might have been an underling who was like getting hot and bothered about something. But he says, "Someone drops the ball, we get the call," and that's just like great. Like great. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Like y- you don't need any of this. Um, just like they they're calling content from the wrong places exactly it never feels like the final polished edit at any given point even from the get-go exactly there's so much where it it, it, like like you said you bring up the very intro where it's like not quite a title crawl but it's like uh several paragraphs about (laughs) about like the world that is presented here about how like earth has finally started mining in space etc completely irrelevant to the rest of the movie and it just takes like two or three solid minutes of the intro of the movie to go to set up like all this nonsense that you wish they would either call back to or, like, there's a tool that has relevance to mining or whatever. No, it's all about, like, the people who are there and the thing that's happened with this one machine. It uh, wants to do, like, a Ridley Scott, like, Blade Runner alien intro yeah, where it yeah. fills you in on stuff that then thematically makes sense. But, like, it it, it doesn't. That's not what this movie it's, is, It's right? just wrapping paper, uh, right? Can we can we talk about the alien comparison for a second? Because you hate you hate. I hate, shit, I hate right? alien comparisons. Um, I was making a lot of those for the first 30 minutes of this movie because the movie seems to be hinting towards that stuff, right? Totally. Like, the, the movie seems to have some sort of like like an extraterrestrial you know, like how you got I wasn't there for the alien episode but there was the you were you guys, okay yes I was there wink I was not certainly edited in why are you winking you were there yeah um, this is pretty I just want to go on record as saying it's pretty weird he's acting like this right we, now. Yeah. we as a, trip a group to were all uh, there for the alien episode and we all me, talked about the, uh, the the kind of the class conflict in that movie right there was a bit of that at the beginning of this movie was um, there now tell me was. what you just they seem like they were just cranky they wake up from cryo sleep sure and they seem they're just like they're just cranky the guy makes a, a hot and black joke and yep. then the black guy makes the hot and yeah. black. It's coffee, right? But it's it's a you know there's that stuff at the beginning of Alien too. Ah, um, that's such a bad way to compare yeah. the movie. Well, no, but here's here's the thing: they are they are workers. They are laborers, right? They are being called uh, basically to go do this mission. They have no idea what it is. It is potentially very dangerous. They are all kind of griping about, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta take off time for this. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on here. They mention uh, one of the characters who I will look up. One of the crew members has the has you know, shared custody with their yeah. uh, w- with their husband and won't be won't be able to see her child for Christmas and says, okay, well I'll get him over the summer, I guess. Right? It is it is kind of doing the same stuff with the crew of the alien talking about like, oh, we're gonna get overtime pay for this, right? And also, I think to add on to that slightly, um, Sam Neill's character uh, is definitely portrayed as this kind of bureaucratic other, right? He is a uh, the doctor who created the ship. He has all of the information. He is essentially controlling the supply of information for these people who are basically in the dark about this mission. And everybody at the beginning of this movie views him as this kind of foreign presence coming in uh, the ship and kind of dictating things. And it's like, dude, right. this is our fucking ship, right? We do the work here. You're some fucking... East Coast elite coming in telling the blue collar workers of the ship what to do. Yeah, um, and it's it's there for about twenty minutes, and then it's not really referenced again. Well, that's uh, the thing. That's what I one of the things that I liked about this movie, and like it gave me a, fir- a good impression at first. Is like it never makes Sam Neill's character feel like the protagonist. He's ostensibly the main character. He's uh-huh. like the guy who created this drive. That's ultimately he's a villain, right? And his yeah. intentions were not good. Uh, but it never does like. Despite him being like the main character, I guess it's never like that he's the one who's going to save the day, that he's going to be like the last left alive. None of that is ever, it doesn't feel solidified throughout the movie. It yeah. moves really quickly. Like you said, it's gone in 20 minutes, and then like we just start focusing on everybody else, and then it becomes sort of an ensemble movie. Uh, but it like up to that point, I was feeling really good about like, okay, so he's not. He's not like necessarily a good guy. He's hmm. gray here. I think I, I think I kind of had the op. That's an interesting. I could definitely could see that. I think I had the opposite. Yeah. I just so I don't talk all the time. Cody, what did you think? Sam Neill's character, the end of the movie, does a, a heel turn and is possessed, or is so uh, kind of like he's literally just in the idea of, yeah. of 
He is, but it's also he clearly has some sort of personal stake in like saving the ship that he helped build, right? Um, and he turns into the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Does that work on you? Um, yes and no. Like, yes, if this were what the entire movie was. Um, and I, in my like, one of my big takeaways from watching Event Horizon was that it would have been better off being solely any of the three movies that it tries to be at any given time. Um, the first one being just the straight up uh, alien ripoff. Um, crew goes into space. You know, Sam Neill is maybe not a part of this. It's just that crew exploring a ship that is attacking them, and they have to get away. That that's one option. Second one is more of the like Solaris route, which is what I was thinking about with the like the Sam Neill bits, where you know every once in a while we break off, and he's being very. Um, you know, reflective, we're hinting at uh, sort of a darker past. We know he has a partner. We don't know the extent of, you know, that loss, the circumstances that led to that. And we, you watch that develop in like two or three minute chunks at a time every 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't really feel like, and that, again, that could be a great story in that payoff at the end with Sam Neill turning, morphing into something, uh, you know, maybe even being possessed, Um, but maybe in my mind, preferably not for the third point. I think that would also be like a really great great choice for like a you know straight character study third option being um just a a movie about possession um maybe like an exorcism movie yeah sure um going to seeing that watching that blood orgy sequence um made me think of that just like because around this time i was just thinking like man this is so slow and tedious and then we get that sequence which was apparently longer in like the original cut or i think you can see a longer cut on youtube okay i want to say oh is it. that what you were referencing earlier or graphic okay uh yes okay gotcha and that's when i just think like okay more of this in the rest of the movie would be great but if this were what we were ramping up to then we might have something here sure and, like if sam neil were Sam Neill or anybody else were possessed by something and they had to to deal with that rather than sort of a, an ambiguous outside hellish force. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, and I like that we don't, you know, go to hell. I like that the movie just suggests that it went to a dark place. I don't think where the ship went is actually important, but the effects of that other space onto our characters, onto the ship is it's you know it's what drives this movie and it's yeah. it doesn't drive fully in any one direction right and i uh it, i'm just going to say the production again but it is like apparently in the original cut each character got a lot more character work uh backstory etc sure. and uh and then when it got had dashed to pieces i feel like i feel like they picked up the pieces of this movie and said okay so sam neil is probably the biggest star they had at the time uh or at least the best known we're going to like cast him as the main character. We're going to give yeah. him all the backstory. There'll be like hints at other backstories for other characters, but they're all disposable. So like, bam, that's the movie. And of course, that's not like what the movie really is. It's not what it turns out to be. But because it was just like no reshoots, no restructuring, no rewriting, it was just cuts from the film. I think that like led to a real. It leads to that like it goes nowhere type feel with or it goes it goes somewhere, but it doesn't like put it any steps to get there it's it's like a two rung ladder that's 20 feet tall yeah it doesn't it's got like the beginning and the end sort of there's no sure. like all, all that's in the middle is just like it is just discovery of like the horrible things that happened yeah and i i um i'm having like a total brain fart here Holy uh shit shirtless sam neil also often leaves me uh at a loss for words Sh- that I don't want to. We actually were, it, we we were joking about not to body, Sam not to body, not to body shame, shame Sam Neil, but like my man's built different. I, you know, what he's, you he, he he looks like a uh, like Charles he looks like Bronson. Kylo Ren in the fucking meme, the shirtless <laughs> Kylo Ren meme. He looks like shirtless yes, Kylo Ren like from shirtless Kylo Ren. Ren. Uh, he looks like like Charles Bronson, like just like like he's a pugilist. He's not a boxer. He's a pugilist. Like just the yeah. old way of doing shit. Like like he'd just punch you in the face for looking at him wrong. Uh, but only when he's got a shirt off. Otherwise, he just looks like a scientist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I was intimidated by him. I was he's, like, this guy would probably and punch then, somebody. And then later big, in the movie. naked uh, sunshine version of him at the end with a like torn face. By the way, he regenerates like thirty percent of his body when he because he flies he's, out he's of the he flies point. out of the yeah. ship and then he, he comes is back Hellraiser. In. I don't know if that's the name of the character in Hellraiser, but apparently they just there's the same fucking quote in Hellraiser. We'll get to that in a bit because we'll, hell, hell is in a place or whatever. No, what, what? does he say? Hell, hell is no, one no. thing, reality There's, is another. So I thought, 
I got this movie and Hellraiser fucking mixed up because I, I it's been a while since I've seen. I have seen Hellraiser. I had not seen this when we saw the trailer for this for some other movie, maybe before Cure actually uh, at the Trilon. Um, there, there's the quote that in this movie, uh, Sam Neill's uh, dead wife, uh, who Claire. is seeing visions of. Um, despite she her says, only existing as and content warning for suicide. Despite her only existing as like a suicide character. She has a name. It's yeah, clear. it is. Yeah, I mean that that aspect is regrettable. Um, I get, you know, I think each of the each of the main characters in this movie have something like that in their past. So I'm not mm. maybe as now. Ju- Mr. Justin, the guy who first touches the like warp drive, yeah. that guy has nothing. Well, yeah, like that, they don't talk about that him. Guy's at all. That guy's a plot device. That guy does not even have any. Lines, well, that's really. the thing is, apparently, in the actual movie, in like the fuller cut, he had was like a reason even for going to that dry. You can sure, chime in yeah. here if you know as well. No, I no, I'm gonna let you go. I mean, that's because what you're saying is exactly right. We read the same Wikipedia article. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not gonna go any deeper on this movie than Wikipedia. <laughs> well, it doesn't Absolutely. deserve I that. Actually, I interviewed Paul W. S. Anderson. So, uh, uh, when is his next movie with Daniel Day Lewis coming out? Oh yeah, no, he's well. Daniel Day Lewis is retired. No, I mean, so. did you get him when, to sign my copy of Punch Drunk Love? I did. <gasps> I mean, I mean, and Adam Sandler. You, I mean, when is he man. going to announce a Resident Evil movie with Daniel Day Lewis? Inherent Vice Two. No, we have we have just to d- d- digress. Yeah, let's we do it. have yeah. a Joker movie, a yep. movie about a cartoon character. I saw it this this with morning. with one of the greatest living actors of his generation, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, a, a, a fucking Resident Evil movie with Daniel Day Lewis is no longer. Out of the picture. I'm going to ignore everything you we just are, said. We are collapsing to, okay. the space. I think Jason is. Correct. We are collapsing the space between comic book shit, like like what's supposed to be bad movies, and really good actors. Yeah, I mean, pretty. I, and well, making I'm, not as bad shit. What, we're, we're, what's next? Ewan McGregor in a Harley Quinn movie. What's next? Ewan McGregor uh, in a Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We've lost the where where were we where did we come from? Uh, we I, went down uh, this we're, we're talking about actors we... and good actors and bad actors right now is what we're talking about. Sure. Uh so yes, the the main the well, I guess not the main character. The Sam Neill's character has a wife who has committed a weird suicide. Body. <laughs> it is heavily implied Sam that, Neill, you have a great body, we'd love to have you on the pod. I mean I would despite the we'd body. We'd love to have you on the potty. Okay. Um Sam Neill's wife, she committed suicide. Well again, we'll put a content warning at the beginning of this. Um it, it is heavily implied that it is because uh, he was kind of probably a pretty shitty husband due to just being completely enveloped in his work. I think that there's something maybe thematic there about him wanting to save the ship Event Horizon at all costs and being corrupted at the end of this. There's maybe something there. Um, similar characters have similar backstories, which maybe blunts the shittiness of that a little bit. Lawrence Fishburne's character um, remembers uh, a crew member of his who he had to let die during a well, kind of failed... Um, yeah, he doesn't just remember. Like, it should, we should say the ship is playing with their heads yes, and making, yes. them, like, making them hallucinate these traumas of their past. Uh, for one of the crew members... It's her son apparently met some ignominious end and is, like, back alive on the ship sometimes. For um, Lawrence Fishburne, it's this former squad, this former crew member. For uh, Sam Neill, Dr. Weir, it's his wife. Uh, but I'm failing to remember anybody else's I think it like, might just be those things. But so it, is, it is kind of hinted that everybody has their own demons but that's that like, are being... But that's, like, three out of... Four, five or six main characters that sure. actually have a reason I mean, for being there, for yeah. like being affected. That just it just feels super empty. Those, those are me. the three I think you get generally the most time with. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I mean, you know, I don't know. There, I kind of want to give this movie even a little bit of credit because I I, I kind of like a movie that is willing to take you on a ride, and this movie definitely does that. Like I I know what the thing in this movie is, right? Because I am an adult with access to the internet and YouTube, and I can just Google Event Horizon whenever I want to. You are the worst person. Why would you do that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it, but, like, I know from pop culture, like, I've seen, you know, I saw an episode of Family Guy in, like, 2007 that had an Event Horizon joke, and I'm just like, okay. Really? I no. Wait, I need th- you to th- dig This into is that. not a specific thing. Yeah, oh, just okay. saying, cultural osmosis, Event Horizon has seeped into my brain. I generally know what it is, Like right? Osmosis Jones, yeah. Yeah, there's I a know reference more to Event Horizon. If you don't know about that, Jones. give that a quick Google. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, but at the time, right, this is a movie that, I don't know, trailers probably ruined it, right? But if you just go in and you see this movie, this is a kind of scary sci-fi movie that turns, like, weird gothic horror at the end. And I want to give it a lot of credit because I think that's pretty fucking cool. I, I, I do want to talk about 
what this movie does that I like because I did yeah. give it like I gave it positive words in my letterbox review despite it Not being a, a two star. Yeah. Despite it being a two star, um, I like that this one of the like scariest movies for me as a kid was House on Haunted Hill. There's sure. this one specific shot where there's like this uh, w- woman who's been affected by the house. She's like been wigged out and her hair's all crazy and her mouth is just in this rictus grin. It's it scared me for years. So like when I say that that movie is like a really important movie in, in my history of horror. I mean it. And this movie reminded me exactly of, of that where uh, it is literally and was conceptualized as, and was written as, and was edited as a like haunted house movie in space. And I really, I think it does do a lot of that, but it feels like a 1950s haunted house movie where there's like n- the, the only reason to watch it is for the spooks and scares and like violence. Um, but if we're taking it as that, I think it like does a pretty decent job, right? It is it is designed a ship that is purely built for terror. It was never meant to go anywhere, just to scare the shit out of people. Its doors have teeth. It's that yeah. hall that hallway Love that, doors with teeth. That honestly, hallway yeah. th- that hallway that they have to it, like we should probably compare this to Houseu at some point because that that'd be a fun comparison. Just you know, seeding that now. Houseu is a better movie. Previous episode and future episode. Previously, I love. Uh, it has a whole hallway that is literally compared verbally to a meat grinder that has to like yeah. deflect magnetic waves or some horse shit that like it, it is just made up to make it look scary. The, yeah. the entire chamber with the gravity drive or whatever just has spikes on the walls for no reason. And it almost kills one of them and it's never explained why there are spikes on the walls. It's just the most horrifying, like you said, gothic looking thing. Uh, and I just I like that design. I like that. Design. You it's can't imagine different. the prior crew members like decorating it for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Well, possible. they did with each other's entry. Well, yes, yes. The ultimate stringy lights. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. Know. Um, going off of things that we liked, uh, I, th- I thought the production design was generally good. Um, and to jump right back into something that I thought was shitty, I think the special effects were oh, dog shit garbage. No, I, I, um, really, really bad. But the practical things I think were were really great. Uh, Sam Neill's makeup at the end was also really good. It and holds. He looks really bizarre. He looks like a like a tall baby. He looks yeah. like a fucking Hellraiser. Yeah. Also, yeah, Sam Neill did great. Like, I don't pinhead. Sorry. Yeah, Pinhead did great. Uh, Sam Neill, you're not a Pinhead. Uh, come on the pod. You've uh, insulted his body. You've insulted his mind. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes, Sam Neill is... I'm just riffing on shit that I like. Uh, no, <laughs> Sam no, Neill's one of those things. I, 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 I mean, in addition to uh, the production design and like um, how this place looks, how this place was designed, uh, by the way, it has an entire chamber that's just meant to explode for no reason. You can just lock uh, it. Pretty, yeah, there's, 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 you can there's just lock it up. Do we want to explain that? There's like a hallway, right? There's that, a long phallic hallway that connects the main, yeah. like the deck with the rest of the ship. And in an emergency, it's supposed that hallway is supposed to explode and separate into sorry, like an escape pod in the front. Yeah, and that you know, spoiler, it does end up happening. They end up having to like sequester the Just evil back the to the biggest Chekhov's ex- explosive yeah. satchel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that corridor. Um, just thinking about. Alien again because what am I not thinking about Alien? Um, that corridor reminded me of the area where they eventually find the alien eggs on uh, on that planet, um, and the, like yeah, stuff inside so. the ship too. Uh, pretty uh, every outer space movie that came out after Alien had the interior of their ship somewhat based off of the Nostromo, um, and this one was no exception. Right, it doesn't re- really reach like Geiger levels of of creative or like you could never you could never we talked a lot in alien our alien episode and i'm comparing it to alien now so thanks y'all we talked a lot in our alien episode about how that ship is not like does not appear to be made specifically for humans it's made for work more uh and in this movie like it's this ship is not made for ship is made to be scary later it's it's made it's made to like be decorated with with gore right the nostromo is designed to be like hazardous to human life and the event horizon is designed to scare the shit out of human life (laughs) yeah i i and i think that's like it's two different takes on like two different things so i don't that's why i don't like really comparing them but but having recently seen and talked about alien it's hard not to um the other thing that I liked about this movie, the only other thing that I really liked about this movie was uh, Jason Isaacs. Oh, no. You I didn't think, like Lawrence Fishburne? I think Lawrence Fishburne. I Fish- liked Lawrence Fishburne. I'm going we to put the flag down. I think Lawrence Fishburne looks bored as hell in I think this you movie. look bored as hell. Of your defense Dumbass. of Lawrence Fishburne's performance. I think he's an excellent Fuck. actor. He's put, in, he's put in some of the best performances in some of the best movies I've ever seen. But holy shit, he just looks like every time that he's supposed to be emoting like with horror, he's just like, crew, Miller... 
Okay. Anybody there? This is incorrect. This I, is blatantly wrong. One of I, my yeah. I so I, that scene. Flag I was, on the play. Here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw a flag yeah. on too. That's the flag, flag being thrown. Um, that conversation that Lawrence Fishburne and Jason Isaacs, I can't remember their characters' names. Um, DJ. Captain, Captain Miller and, uh, oh yeah, DJ Trauma? DJ Trauma. Wait, didn't, no. he, didn't he? He's no, Dr. No. Trauma? Stop it. That's not right. He said trauma That'd at some point. Good. That's not right. Okay, Shut somebody up. look it I'm up while I'm talking. But they're having a, uh, a conversation about just like, man, shit's going crazy on the event horizon. And you it, see that shit? And Captain Miller has this turn where he looks uh, like I don't up to this point. I don't think he was genuinely frightened. Um, like he's, he's not showing any fear maybe for, and, and maybe that's him not letting the walls down because, you know, he's the captain, but he lets those walls down with DJ and he looks horrified. I think it's, um, when he's talking about like the, the burning man, not that burning man, but this burning man, the other he's burning like, man. I've never told anybody about that. This ship knows my secrets. It knows my fears. And I, I liked his performance quite a bit. That turn really like paid off. Mm. DJ Trauma. No, DJ trauma? really. No, it's not. It's just DJ. Oh. Yeah, DJ it. Trauma. Um, no, I, I just know. wanted to do the DJ Trauma like drop. You can put that in. You can put that in your SoundCloud mixes. Uh, no, I I like Lawrence Fishburne in this a lot. I think he does a very good job of playing a, a captain who under very weird-ass circumstances, is trying to remain practical. Um, there's a lot of conversations between his character and Sam Neill's character uh, where, you know, he is doing his best to try and actually do something logical based on situations that kind of evade all logic. Um, you know, Sam Neill will kind of hand-wave what's happening, and Lawrence Fishburne will say, like, no, you know, I have a crew member who is injured, who might die. I need to do my job as a captain. Um, I don't think it's, like, the most amazing thing in the world. I also just like Lawrence Fishburne a lot, you know. Sure. I don't know, maybe that's 50% of it's just being Lawrence Fishburne. But there are, especially in the first half of this movie, a lot of good kind of conversations between crew members um, in which the the different roles of the crew members are kind of clashing against each other. Tell me what you mean by that. Like, what um, examples? Yeah, like, I mean, the Sam Neill character is 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 kind of, I think, the main one, right? Because he is, he is the doctor who designed the uh, Event Horizon. He has a, a very strong vested interest in retrieving it and uh you know keeping it intact um near especially near the end of the movie lawrence fishburne's character has is incentivized to blow blow it up completely um and they have conversations about uh, for instance about the gravity well um and about how you know what's happening you know why did the gravity well turn on by itself what could possibly be happening in there and um I don't know. It's. I just think it's kind of interesting. You know, you you think that Sam Neill's character is responding in a cold manner because uh, he is a scientist, because he is he is saying that oh, this is not physically possible. Scientifically, something else must be happening. Later, you learn that he just has a, an interest in um, keeping this ship intact that mm-hmm. eventually ends up killing a lot of people. And uh, I don't know the actor's name um, or the. I'm on a cast name. page. Which one? Uh, the guy who gets blown out into space. Near the end of the movie, near the climax. Oh, oh fuck me, Cooper. Cooper. Richard Cooper. T. Jones. Yes, Richard uh, T. Jones. I really liked where they took his character, or where they were like seemed to be going with his character, and I just assume he was another casualty of editing because he is one of the two survivors of the ship. Yeah. Um, which you know, there's that element of like, oh, you don't want to know who's going to survive. Like anybody could die in this movie, kind of thing. Uh, but I was genuinely surprised that it was him and. Um, Strock or whatever her name is Stark. Stark, Stark yes, executive um, officer of the ship. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Kind of shitty to me that like this is the same character that made a, a joke about this same character Stark having black penis in her at the start, and yep. the two end up surviving on the ship together. Like, Which is that, it's not played as like a romantic thing at all. No, no, is, no. Of course is, not. By yeah. the end of this, they're both haunted. Like there's that jump scare at the end where uh, Stark. Um, is is released from her cryopod, and then uh, she sees uh, Weir's face behind one of the guards' masks when they like come yeah. to take her out. And then like, oh, fake out. That's not the real ending. And then the real ending is like, oh, fake out. The ship's still haunted because the door closes really quickly. Um, I don't know. I I I guess like I was. I don't know. Watching this movie feels like you're going through a fugue state because there's just so much <laughs> missing. Like yeah. 
like I, Aaron knows that I fall asleep at a lot in a, in a lot of movies when it's I'm a fucking like, sleepy, not, dude. Man, when I'm not heavily hey, medicated with like yeah. caffeine and shit. I and I did. I fell fell asleep a few times in this movie, and um, and I had to go back and rewatch. But at the same time, I was like, oh, so no, I didn't miss anything important. No. Like it just wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of weird little editing things. There's the the scene where um, I should pro- I should probably say the character's name instead of the actor's name. Weir Sam Sam Neill's character. Uh, said both. Is possessed. Uh, is is possessed and kind of uh, uh, I don't know murders one of the crew members by by like putting like I don't know needle and thread through his entire skin to like open up his cavity. It's and called it, vivisection. Yeah, and it it you see Lawrence Fishburne's character like running. He knows something's wrong, and he's running, and the and, and he like knocks you know Samuel knocks the guy out, and it's like he's like running, and then he like goes into a room and like. The dude's body's been like carefully like stitched apart. It's, and it's been like, fully did this happen in like fourteen seconds? Like, what what was the editing here? Like, what does the the script say here? He's just it, really good at what he does. He's he's calling I, all the powers he's of a hell. Master Taylor. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I spent the last five minutes trying to figure out my mistake. I think the subtitles uh, when I was watching were really close together. I'm talking about DJ Trauma here, which is just what I'm going to call him. DJ think, Trauma. Somebody called him DJ, and he followed it that up immediately with i think saying that he worked in trauma oh sure um because yeah. he's like the medical doctor um so jason isaacs is dj trauma in this movie it's canonical yeah. he's in my brain. you know he, he, he does fine he's you know he's not really a dj he's not really spinning but he has a good mix yeah they everybody have taken to it's a good time at the club when he's uh, everybody when he's, in that in this playing. movie is except for jason isaacs character everybody in this movie is either like really foolhardy uh evil or scared um, sure. Except Jason Isaacs, where he gets one scene where the ship seems to be getting to him, and he um, puts a knife up to Smitty, to Smitty's throat, the, like the um, the, the bosun or whatever. Yeah, uh, Smith, Smith, and they call him Smitty. Oh, okay. I want. I thought you were saying he was a Smith, like a blacksmith. No, no, he's he's the guy who's actually like in the pilot's chair uh, for the for the um, Lewis and Clark. But uh, after he's like. Railing against Weir and saying we got to get off the ship and stuff. Uh, DJ Trauma like takes him, like he restrains him, but he does so with a scalpel to his throat in a very like threatening way. Uh, And then he like drops it and he's completely unsure of what he's done with. Like he's yeah, he he realizes he's done something terrible. He wakes up all of a sudden. Yeah, he's sort of like out of that state. Uh, And there's just like. I mean, there's no range in this movie at all. I don't want to give this movie the credit of saying sure. that, like its actors ha- are given a lot of range, but like, I think he has. I think, I think his is the best performance. In this yeah, movie. that I thought that scene was nice too. I thought it was a weird, like, sudden escalation. It came out of the blue, well. and they did nothing with it later. Like nobody else acts that way. Yeah, about right. like this uh, movie was in a weird period of time. It was like this, and then I think the year after this was Armageddon, where like yeah. people still didn't quite know like. Uh, coincidentally, those are both space movies, but we're like, we're still figuring out where Jason Isaac's strengths lie. Like I thought he was pretty, not pretty, but like kind of underutilized in Event Horizon and Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I love having Jason Isaacs on the side of like the good sane people. Uh, but you know, a couple years after this, he starts getting more like bad guy, evil person roles. You got a favorite. Mm-hmm. You got a favorite. Uh, I mean, literally the first thing that comes to mind because it's me is um, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, me, me, that's sure. that's the first time I saw his face, and I'm like, that guy. He's got what it is to be like. He's got a good, yeah. to be lizardy yeah. and bad. Yeah, to be what lizardy. Else? He was. <laughs> he, like was a, he was in Event Horizon. He was in. Uh, He's in a, a Peter Pan movie, heard, right? <laughs> Divorcing Jack. I think he, he was in Peter Pan as uh, <laughs> um, the father and as Captain Hook because, like, they like doing what, those yeah, as the same actor. Like He's in the Patriot Black kind of thing, sure. He was in Resident Evil. <gasps> Yo, he worked with Paul W. S. Anderson. Well, you know, a lot of classic directors have actors. He was that they Dr. Pair William, up with yeah. over and over yeah, again. An actor and Scorsese. Yeah, same thing. Was the tuxedo? A Jackie Chan movie? Yes. Uh, he was in the tuxedo. Not, not very good, but good for tuxedo Jackie Chan is and Jason Isaacs for being in that movie. It is not a very good movie. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. I want, you, I want you to guess, no. In 1998, he was in a movie called Divorcing Jack, where he played a character named Cow Pat Keegan. Were you going to have me guess what his character's yeah, name is? I don't know. Come on. You know how many names there are? Also, it was like 20 one, or 30. Wow, yeah. yeah, got it in one. Yeah. Can, I, can I bring up a... a Do I, I hate... Man, this is like a just a personal thing. This is not necessarily a knock on the movie. I hate Hit it. the idea of like possession 
in this kind of shit. I hate possession. Wait, you would hate it's to all... be possessed or you hate seeing? No, just you hate as like it. a narrative thing, possession, I hate it. Because like mm. the interesting thing for me, right? And like the, you know, Dr. Weir at the end of this movie does yeah, a Dr. Weir, turn. more like Dr. Weird. Dr. Weird. I was, I literally wrote that. Weird. Right, so I was going <laughs> to was gonna make that later. Um, but yeah, near the end of this movie. Did you hear that incredible joke Cody just made? He, I, yeah. I did. Can we I get that? Can we get a clean one on that? Weird. <laughs> ah, good one. Um, near the end of this movie, uh, he you know he makes a heel turn, right? He turns evil. It's you know thematically again, it makes a little bit of sense with his past, with his with his wife, with the fact that he worked on a spaceship. But it is you know in the storyline, he is possessed, right? And that is part of why he turns evil. And what I like with this kind of shit is I like when characters' motivations cause them to go evil. And there is an interesting link between uh, what a character wants and desires and how it messes them up and how okay. it causes them to enact harm on others. The idea of possession is like the complete fucking opposite, where it's like all responsibility is removed from who this character is, what they like, what they want. It's removed because they are possessed. They're, they, they have no autonomy over their own actions, right? It. We were talking about this a little bit, not to spoil, but there's a character in Twin Peaks Season 2 that is given the exact same plot line. I hate the shit out of it, because it's like, you've built up all this wonderful thematic stuff about this character's flaws and what they want, and then you're just like, well, no, there's like a, a demon that that is actually doing all this shit. And it's like, that's so uninteresting to me. Yeah, uh, that's really fair. I think whatever this movie tries to do with possession, it ultimately fails at. In my mind, the idea of possession you know it's a representation of a of a consequence so ideally you know this movie going through like the options i listed earlier for better movies that event horizon could be it would be a sam neill focused movie where the the consequence for him you know lusting after this life that he can yeah. no longer have leads him to being succumbed to this this to evil in, that yeah sure. that inhabits him and you know he has to you know combat that or you know maybe that that falls yeah. on his enablers you know maybe the crew has enabled him to to this point and now they have to deal with the consequences yeah uh ideally you know event horizon would take those types of steps but i agree with you that it's not it, a well-written movie no really. yeah it's yeah. not a great movie um that was it was really hodgepodge together it felt it felt like a side salad in this like it, yeah. it felt so like why include it at all i think if you're very charitable to the movie you could draw those connections and i think it kind of holds up um but i don't think it's done especially well and i, I thought a lot about the shining when i was watching this because yeah. the shining is a movie that does that i think flawlessly um yeah. you know much to stephen king's uh chagrin because he he hates that adaptation but um yeah whatever he had a gratuitous cameo in it chapter two uh, yeah. we can say fuck him yeah fuck him yeah fuck him um but yeah i don't know i just kept thinking about movies that had done that concept better and i kept being like you know this is not a masterpiece but like i i love the concept of this movie i love the aesthetic of this movie i love the gore i love so much of what it's doing just like fucking do it better man like this this could be like an absolutely amazing mind-blowing cultural touchstone but it's not would you watch an event horizon remake in 2020 let's cast it let's do it right now and who would direct and cast and be an act and be an act and be. sorry what are you saying <laughs> um, uh who directs who directs uh i could see i don't know if he'd want he probably wouldn't want to do it this gory or in the way that it would but del toro i think especially i was about to say del toro because uh fucking um, sure um, 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 what was it peaks Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak, yeah. Crimson Peak was a pretty good haunted house movie. Sure. Yeah, Del, yeah, I think Del Toro would be a good answer. I mean, it'd probably be, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he, he is, hasn't played too much, except for like Hellboy, he hasn't played way too much with explicit sci-fi yet. I mean, like yeah. Hellboy and uh, There's Shape fantasy elements and, yeah. you know, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, but it's not I feel, the same. I feel, I feel like, like, no, Hell, yeah, Hellboy, yeah. I feel like his take on like a Clive Barker type hell chaos world thing yeah i think that'd be really interesting to see just, so i, I do want to see throw like, more money at fucking yeah john carpenter or something i don't know like he's still around he's making like weird synth music now but like yeah. give he's him some money i don't know weird fuck synth it. music true um ultimately it depends on what direction they choose to go with this remake um weird the first thing i thought of is duncan jones 
Um, but sure. specific, uh, like he, he's obviously fallen off a bit. I haven't seen any of his recent work. I know it's not getting really favorable, favorably viewed. Um, but Moon, in a lot of ways, holds up but primarily aesthetically, which I think is ultimately you know, pretty important. Um, outer movies set in outer space have been done to death at this point, and if it doesn't look the part, it's not going to hold up. You know, yeah. for starters, yeah. and I think he's somebody who could do that as well as filling in the blanks. I don't. Maybe somebody else should be tasked with writing that. But I'm sorry, the answer we were looking for was Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp will be the director of this movie. Um, Neil Blomkamp has, has another good movie. He hasn't had a good movie since District. I, I know this. I agree with this, and yet he still will be attached to this movie. I'm I, very interested if, in everything. If it's, you, if it's an if District Nine, gives you a big pass Neil for Blomkamp. a lot of shit. Yeah, sure. um, he'll he'll make that Halo movie someday. <laughs> No, he's not going to make that Halo movie. I'm not the video game guy, but even I would like to see a Halo movie. Um, this movie is a weirdly good choice for, like, best movie to remake. Like, hey, stop remaking movies, but if you're going to well, remake a movie, remake it, or Event Horizon. Hell it, yeah, let's here, do it. Here's I the take. That. It's not a remake. It'd be a make, because what we just watched is hardly a movie. Ooh. Oh, stop. It's not hardly a movie. This is a, it's hardly, this it's is a classic movie. Like, 90s I'm, movie. I'm having a hard time, not just because I'm an idiot, but because I'm an idiot and this other reason. I'm having a hard time casting this because define like you what is, need, the, def- what is yeah. the defining trait of cooper that he's sassy he's pretty sassy but like is there anything else underneath that no there might have been in no. an earlier cut there might have been in the script but there's not i, in the I movie. think you purposefully picked one of the least fleshed out characters what about the the i forget her character her, her name but the the one who has the son who keeps uh, who she she's keeps got a son she falls down a hole is that the defining <laughs> She falls. Okay, down. Hideo Kojima. Do we, do we mention that? Do we mention that she, her death in this movie is just tripping, wild shit? Right? It's like some That's, conquistador in this shit. sci-fi horror film. She trips and falls that down is, a that hole. Is pretty, I will say, that, like maybe God! maybe fifteen percent of the time that I'm walking anywhere, even a flat land, like I'm worried about falling. How I do, do worry about down? tripping. I get she was looking at her kid. But like, how do you not look down? I mean, in walking. a place like that, I would be. But he's like. Your your depth per oh it's ridiculous. Anyway, she needed some glasses. Yeah, the real problem was glaucoma. Do we do we have that much more to say about this? I don't. Cody, you got you got some you fun like facts. You Cody, you got some fun facts, right? Literally, I think the only other thing that I wanted to say um, maybe sums up a good portion of what we're talking about here: things that do and don't hold up. Um, one movie that came out two years before Event Horizon was Apollo thirteen. Oh, um, which. Looks, a, I guess this is prim- primarily visually based, but that movie looks a whole lot better. It holds up, I think, in other ways too. Probably, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, Apollo um, thirteen is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know how you can have, uh, you know, you want to have this gritty outer space movie and nerf your special effects budget so hard. It just it makes no sense. I don't. Yeah. I don't know I mean, that was, what that the was, studio was wasn't thinking. that like a timing. So I thought I read on Wikipedia that one they rushed it to get it out before Titanic. Correct. Which honestly, probably a good move. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know what happened. Wanted, with Titanic was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, kind of dominated <laughs> the box sank. office for a while. You're disrespecting their memory. Oh, it's uh, yeah. They good. wanted a big. They wanted a big hit. Uh, they were normally have like six six weeks of editing. I think is like standard by DGA rules. Yeah. I think they were. I think. I think it, it was, was ten, and they got six. And then oh, they yeah. got six, but then they had to do reshoots, so we got like four weeks. And then, like that was effectively squished to two because they wanted it early in advance of. So, like he had two weeks. To, the editors and the director had two weeks to really edit this movie. From this was back from, before from five hour energy. Footage. All right, stay up and get all that editing. Done. I hate that I chuckled at that. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm good. I will say that uh, one thing that annoyed me slightly, again, been a while since I've seen Hellraiser, but in Hellraiser, again, there's this quote in the trailer for Event Horizon. Uh, In Event Horizon, there is the line, uh, uh, Dr. Weir's, uh, you know, apparition of a dead wife uh, says, I have such wonderful, wonderful things to show you. And in uh, Hellraiser, the pinhead says, we have such sights to show you. And it's such a better fucking line. Also, that movie came out earlier. And so it's like, all right, this is just blatantly taking from uh, Hellraiser. That's what I thought of. That's a better comparison. I would. I wish more people would just talk about Hellraiser versus this movie it's versus Alien in this movie. It's, such, it's comparable. There's a crew. They go to a thing. There's a bad thing. It's they fucks comparable. them up. There's like two, one people. It's not deep. comparable. It's Thank you very much. Film. Thank you very much for listening to Try Love. A little You're welcome. Round. My name's Jason. Sorry. <laughs>
I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. You can follow us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast provider, including Spotify. Uh, and we're going to be um, not talking about this anymore. Oh, stay tuned for the rest of our Halloween month. We haven't really mentioned it, but it's been Halloween month. Trilloween. And uh, look forward to our next episode. Have we been hashtagging Trilloween? We, uh, yes. Cool. Trilloween. Follow it on your social media, folks. There are exactly two tweets. Two tweets. DJ Trauma. DJ Trauma. You can just edit in my better. Why did you talk over him? That was such a good. That was going to be great. I was going to cut that. Yes. The joke is the DJ Drama bit. Shut up. You guys don't listen to enough rap music. All right, I'm going to load it up. DJ Trauma. DJ Trauma. Yes! Got it!